listening to the Hometown Losers, the St. Louis Sports Podcast, with Josh, Adam, and OJ. Hey everybody, welcome back here to the Hometown Losers Podcast. Uh, This is session number 38. As we get closer and closer to our one-year anniversary, I am joined, as always, by my co-host and Adam and OJ. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? I'm glad to be back. How's it going for OJ? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's uh, weather has been kind of crazy lately. Uh, we went from decent weather to bald cold real, real quick. And uh, it's going to be getting better. But, you know, what they say about St. Louis, you don't like the weather. Wait five minutes, right? So it's kind of feeling like it's getting to be that time where we have no fall. We have no spring. We either have summer or we have winter. This is what it feels like, right? Sometimes in the same day. Yes. Amen to that. Well, uh, for our listeners, uh, we are uh, our next session, which we plan on doing next week, will be our one year anniversary. Uh, we actually uh, last session uh, got uh, broadcast at 11 nine. And so we're recording right now at 11 two. So it's kind of cool, though. Uh, you know, we'll be hitting close to 40, um, 40 sessions, but also, I mean, just the, the year we've been doing this. So maybe I'll well, try you, to think of something cool for us to do. Yeah, you can take me out to a nice steak dinner. So pay for that. I mean, you don't have to be there. Just pay for it. You don't have to be there. Just pay for it, dude. That's all I get. You're my about. boss. Why the hell am I paying? Like, <laughs> you know, paying for it through that. Oh, damn. Yep. Uh, For anybody who doesn't know, Adam's actually my boss, like in real life. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, you're fired. That's cool. I was looking to quit anyways. Uh, Something about my boss being a dick, but anyways. Perfect. All right, guys, let's go ahead and jump into uh, a lot of the sports stuff that's been going down here. Um, Obviously, uh, we'll talk about the baseball season now that that it's over, and obviously the MLS season that the playoffs have. Uh, started kicking off. Let's go ahead and actually jump into MLS here. Uh, St. Louis City uh, has uh, they haven't looked great in the last few games, right? Um, obviously, I think they've lost three in a row. Correct, guys. Um, I believe that's correct. Yeah, inc- yeah, 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 including the and they had a few. Loss, yeah, yeah, and then of course they've had a few ties as well. Prior to that, I believe they had a couple, if I remember right. So mm-hmm. they haven't been like necessarily great. I mean, they've been over, obviously, looking at the season, they've been outstanding. You know, they've won the 17 wins more than any other expansion team in, like, league's history. You know, we had, like, 62 goals, you know, more than every other, like, team out there in the league. So, obviously, we had the home field advantage, all that stuff. So, it's like, hey, this is a great opportunity, but... Game one did not pan out that well, and we were a little bit nervous facing KC going into it as well. Yeah, At least, Josh, I know you mentioned you, you yes. meant, yeah, and especially as of late, KC has been certainly uh, showing up as of late for sure. They've actually been, I think, the best record, you know, overall, um, you know, for they've, they've won like four straight or something like that. Yeah, so like looking back here, uh, I'm just gonna kind of go through games. Uh, they beat Minnesota one one nil. They lose to Nashville three nothing. They beat Houston two to one. They lose to us four to one. They beat Real Salt Lake three to two. They beat Minnesota three to one at the season's end. Uh, then they win in penalties to beat San Jose uh, in that wild card spot. It would have been nice if mm. San Jose could have won that one. 
Yeah. Obviously beating us in game one, four to one. Um, let's talk a little bit about that game, guys. Obviously, it was the greatest of weather. Um, Adam and I weren't at the game. <laughs> you um, don't have so to tell it me. Was, <laughs> it yeah, was garbage. Of, yeah, sub, sub, uh, sub-frozen wind chills, and it was raining. Um, yeah. You know, it, and I, I'm not going to lie. It, it, we didn't look good, period. But I have to say this, and, and Adam, you know where I'm going with this. Ted Uncle, the, the ref for that game, was atrocious. He it was, was the worst <laughs> officiating I've ever seen in a professional game in my entire life. It was so bad. To the point where we're literally we're like, okay, this was getting so bad, and he was calling so many, so pulling. You know, I was gonna say first and foremost, uh, how many yellows did we wind up with that game? I think like five or something. It was stupid. It was ridiculous. Um, I, it wasn't higher than that. I don't know. I mean, it was like you blink and, you know, there's we're we're getting yellow carded for everything. And of course, they're not getting shit. And he was calling all kinds of crap on us. I mean, it's just ridiculous. The guy was literally just literally the worst rep I've ever seen, you know, any kind of yeah. official I've ever seen in any sport, you know, so three times, three <laughs> times. We had the advantage. So for anybody who does not know what the advantage is in in, in soccer is. It's when you are going on the attack in the offense, uh, in offense, right? And you get fouled, and what that, but you still maintain the ball, like you're still in attacking motion, driving to the net. They play what's called the advantage. So if the play ends up being dead uh, to where they get the ball, um, then uh, you know the, the defending team gets the ball afterwards. They will send it back um, to that spot. But if it's been like you know, and it's kind of in the rush discretion, but if it's been like. 30 seconds, they say, after the play, then, um, you know, the advantage goes away. It's still a foul. And if it was deemed a yellow card after, you know, the stop, next stoppage of play, the ref will give a yellow card, whatever have you. Well, three different times we had the advantage. So we're in the attacking position and the, he stops the play, stops mm-hmm. the play to bring it back to not, not just bring back the play, but to talk to somebody. We saw that down the sideline where he literally stopped our offensive attack to go talk about the uh, talk to the guy that created the foul, um, the the KC guy that created the foul. He went to go talk to him. He didn't even like he yeah. didn't give him a card. He just talked to him. I'm like, but you're playing the 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 advantage. Then why are you like? I'm like seriously. It was just the weirdest thing. It was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And we had we had a great view for a lot of this stuff, where it would be like clearly out on KC and he's calling it uh, he's calling it for KC. Um, or several times where a player is literally their momentum is, is taking them to the, to the play and a KC guy just falls down or the brings, the, uh, brings one of our players down with them and we get called for a foul. It's just, it, it was stupid. And I also, by the way, to, after the game looked up, uh, Ted uncle's, uh, scoring, uh, he is, his scoring is 3.2, which is the worst like it's the worst uh, scoring that MLS refs have to offer. And it's on a scale from one to 10. So you're telling me that in the, the score goes into um, correct, uh, correct calls, how many yellows, how many reds he gives all that stuff. Right. So you're telling me though, this guy's 32% essentially in job performance. How the hell does he even have a job is beyond me. Well, and he has a really a hard on against St. Louis as well. Looking at like on whoscore.com, I'm noticing like on foul percentages, St. Louis, he scored, you know, eight, I was going to say is second. Yellow cards as well were second. Um, yellow percentage overall were first. I mean, he just absolutely hates St. Louis. 
Well, and it's also kind of funny, too, that the last game coming into the season, he he. What it was, hold on, I'm trying to actually remember because um, I just had it pulled up. It was a KC game that he he repped. And I think it was the game against Minnesota, a three to one decision. He wrecked that game. And a lot of people in Minnesota felt that he was kind of discriminatory against them. And mm-hmm. that's kind of, you know, like how I felt, at least in the city game. I mean, obviously, we left early. A, it was cold and rainy. So it was just yeah, not enjoyable. But it was garbage, anyway. though. But it was so bad. And it was, um, it just was, it was just terrible. I mean, like, and I, that's why I was just like, I'm done with this guy. Like, he literally stopped the play. There was, when, right before we left, he called like four fouls on us consecutively over on the on, on the on the sideline. It's like, for, for why? I'm like, mm-hmm. he, so you're allowed. There to were 17 ball, fouls. Right? Yeah, there were yeah. 17 fouls he called on us that game. I just looked it up. So, yeah, and five yellow cards. So, there you go. Yeah, it was that, crap. That was pretty fucking bad. Yeah, dude, it was it was terrible. So, of course. We uh, we wind up with some terrible officiating. I mean, it didn't help that we also weren't playing our greatest either. Yeah, but I do want to. I, I have to put that press. I didn't mean to cut you off, Adam, but I had to put that out there. This isn't just on the officiating. I am more upset about the officiating than how we played, even though we played like garbage, because it didn't give us a chance. We don't lose this game for it. We still. I I firmly, even if it was an even game. I firmly believe we lose this game, but it's it's like a two to one, not a four to one. I mean, fuck, mm-hmm. he let a handball go in. I mean, the dude, yeah, like, there was a handball, that, and they reviewed it. And they still hate, ruled it is, yeah, is because uh, because yeah. it was and, a goal called on the field. And I'm just yeah, like, okay, so let's be honest here. He's saying to hit, he and he kept motion. He's saying to hit his shoulder. I'm like, but like, he stuck his arm out in an unnatural position mm-hmm. to hit the ball, and it clearly hits his bicep. I'm like, are you are you yeah. are we serious right now? Like it was the ball. Pretty unquestionably terrible fucking ref. So, yeah. but I've kind of noticed that for a lot. I don't, I'd be curious to see where all these refs are because it's the handball thing is really gotten out of hand. To, like, no pun intended. <laughs> ironically, it's insane how anytime there is a handball, it the call never goes in our favor. It always isn't a handball if the other team plays it with their hand. It's always mm-hmm. a handball if it hits one of our guys' hand, even if it's tucked in tight to his fucking body. And they'll just, throw just like on top of it. And they'll throw you on top of it just for good measure. Exactly. It it's ridiculous. Just in the season, when we have a defender who is falling to the ground, he puts his hand down to brace himself, and the ball is shot. It's a missed shot by the offensive player, and it hits that arm that is going to the ground so this guy can brace himself. And by the way, the defender is away from the ball, and they call the handball. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, he's got to be able to protect himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just like, so do we just literally need to like, and it's going to sound very drastic, but do we just need to get a bunch of, you know, amputees and have them be defensive, defensive, play, <laughs> defensive players? Like, that's kind of how it feels like, you know well, what I mean? To your point, OJ, everything goes against us. Yeah. yeah. I honestly well, would be surprised if there was actual bias. I mean, we could look it up probably, right? There's something weird well, going you, on you with just percentages. It, yeah. Well, yeah. there definitely is because I mean, Handy. he's literally being compared to the, you know, he's the, being the Angel Hernandez of soccer, you know, and so yeah. this guy's just crashed. There's that. There's petitions out there, OJ, literal petitions with thousands of like that have been going on for a long time. This is not as of you know the game on on Sunday. This is like a lot of people on Reddit and everywhere else 
talk about how God, how terrible this that Ted Uncle is at officiating. And anyway, mm-hmm. um, so you just, point at him. There's and in case, fact, there's, there's a decision about handball they're talking about from four years ago that talk about how he he can't. <laughs> that's like kind of ironic. So but anyway, <laughs> to, your, to your point, Adam, there are eight. There are eight Reddit forums, eight of them that are specifically about one MLS ref named Ted Uncle. That's fucked up. <laughs> you know, there and like and let's wow. be honest, like there's like eight collective, you know, forums that talk about MLS in general because it's MLS. Uh-huh. And you know, it's just and I looked at the video because like one of the first things you pop up is Ted Uncle runs into an offensive player. And I showed you the video, Adam. Yeah. Where he is running and a dude, so a d- guy's going across the midfield with a the ball. They're going in attacking. He's trying to pass to uh, to the forward from his uh, uh from the right side of the field and he's passing to his left. Todd uncle literally runs right into the play. Like he is the guy supposed to get the ball and runs right into the <laughs> offensive guy. Then what turns up is the defender that was now marking gets a free ball, passes it up and they score. He then reviews it and calls the goal a disallowed goal because he got in the way. Yeah. I think that was that one so against. You with, up, uh, like, he, yeah. I think that was the one with Luciano Acosta as well. I think that was the one. Yes, it was because he ran yeah. into Acosta. Yeah. And, it, but it's like, you fucked up in like four different things. And so like it was and it, the other thing too, is like, he goes into a review process and it took them 10 minutes to sort this out. And mm-hmm. then he eventually goes, Nope, I ran into it. I ran into it. And it was an, uh, it was an unfair play. I'm like, then why don't you whistle the ball dead? That's what happens. Like mm-hmm. we've seen that before and good officiating. If they entered, if they interact in the play, it's a dead ball. And whoever had possession leading to the play or currently on the play in a clear possession, it just stops there at that point. The, the ref will drop the ball, but it's always obviously a little bit of a fair play that the team possessing it will, will have it. Um, we, we've seen that all the time, but he doesn't stop the play at all. Let's the play continue. A goal is then scored and he calls it back. It's just the stupidest thing I think I've ever seen. But this guy yeah. is just is so bad. And it's just like now it's it's weird that you have to look at this and you go, man, like, I really don't want to face KC. Oh, God, we have we have Ted Uncle as our fucking uh, the rep. We, well, this is a loss. You know what I mean? And as you said, Adam, it feels like uh, Angel Hernandez or, or Hernandez. Her, Hernandez you know I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's the yeah. same crap. I mean, he was another one that we just, you know, on the baseball side of things was just a piece of crap. You know, he still is. He yeah. is. Yeah. Dude, so yeah, something else. Yeah, yeah. And this is, by the way, MLS. Um, MLS won't announce the refs until the, I think the day before the game to protect the refs. Um, because <laughs> I'm looking at like I'm looking at it right now. They don't. Have if he shows up riot. in St. Louis, bro, or yeah. well, obviously, I'm just saying for Game Three, like St. Louis will riot. Like if he, you but, know, well, if he, if he, if he's refing Game Two, we got a problem because then that means he has repped three Kansas City games in a row. No, that that cannot be. That's you know what I mean? bullshit. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, but that would be complete another crap. Agreed. Shooter McGaffin him. <laughs> Which <she> would do? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, dude. But, uh, also, too, like, just, <laughs> oops. <laughs> Guess we need a new ref. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, uh, what is it, uh, from the longest yard with Adam Sandler? He just takes him and hit, hits him in the balls twice and be like, you gonna call fair game? <laughs> Maybe that's what we did too. Just take him out at the knees and be like, you gonna call fair game? What, Willie? <laughs> there you go. Christ. 
But also, too, I got to say this, and I don't obviously have the names of the like the line officials and stuff like that, but shame on them. There were several times that they saw the play right in front of them, and they uh-huh. have the ability to overrule the ref if they have if they have the view. But they just stood there with their fucking yeah. Pride. They didn't like, say yeah. They didn't say shit. Dude, yeah, that was disappointing. Something, man. See something? See something? Like, oh my whatever. Fixes in the yeah. fix yep. in. Well, we better we better show up and things better turn around for game two on. So. Yeah, they better crush them. I will say though, from what I see here, uh, this is according to FootyStats.org, the last game the that we played, it, the expected goals were only 2.14 to Kansas City and 1.4 mm-hmm. to us. So yes, you know, again, we didn't play well. We were terrible mm-hmm. through the middle, and so I watch. I went back and watched a lot. And Adam, you know, during the game, I'm just like, why can't we do that? Like we yeah. were like picking and prodding, and we weren't able to move the ball forward at all. Not and, like, at we, all. We just didn't have that a build was up. So disappointing. And they would grab the ball, and they they attacked, and all of a sudden it's just like, well, here's a fucking chance. Like, why are they running with the ball? And we're like standing there. And a lot of our forwards, when the mid our midfielders got the ball, they were standing there right next to the marks, not making yeah. runs, not coming to the ball, not trying to create space. They're just waiting for the ball to get past them. And I'm like, dude. You have to get around. And then when you did see run, and specifically, Klaus had a good game in the fact that he tried to create space and opportunities several times. He called for the ball and would go forward to try to run. And there were several times that the midfielder saw him and looked him off and passed it somewhere else. Or the couple of times they did pass it, uh, you know, pass it. And obviously, you know, nothing came from it. But that's what we what we need to say. What did I say, Adam? Stretch the back line. Because if not, right. they're just going to stand there because they don't have to move. You're not putting pressure on them. And even yep. if it doesn't work, make them run, make them turn. I mean, it's it's like fucking soccer one on one when you're playing on the offensive side of the ball. And I didn't play soccer all that long. But if you make the defenders turn, and and it's just like in it's like in football. If we constantly keep throwing long balls down the field, what do you think the safeties are going to do? They're going to start playing deeper. They're start going to play back. That's when you're able to have success running the ball. And it's vice versa. You know, if we keep handing the ball off and keep you know getting success. You know, OJ, just like in high school, when we didn't have a quarterback and we only had, you know, Green running the ball every freaking time, they would end up stacking 10 people in the box. Really hard to run the ball then, but we can't throw it either. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it it freaking feels like. And, and you know, how they literally just stood there and we just couldn't create any opportunities. But our midfielders have to be better. They were giving up so much space. They were not marking. They were not hustling to the ball. They weren't trying to win 50-50s. It almost left, like felt like they were forwards and not helping back on the defensive side of things, if that makes sense. Yes, it makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Like It, it just, we will lose if we play like that again, but we got to get back to our, we actually came out, I thought, pretty strong in the game, even though obviously we conceded the first goal. I loved our response and our answer, but our, the first 10 minutes of the game, I really felt like we we came out, we were tenacious, we were aggressive, mm-hmm. but that first goal deflated the hell out of us. And Absolutely specifically the, the second goal, which was the handball, just complete. That completely really was a distraction it. because yeah. everybody was just pissed as hell as about, because obviously it went, you know, for review, we didn't get it, you know, in our favor and everyone was just completely just like you said deflated at that point and it just felt like it just really affected the team unfortunately and it just wasn't the same sentence you know we just couldn't ever get anything going yeah. so very disappointing yeah i mean 
if we play our game, we 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 will be you know uh, we'll be Kansas City. I mean, you got to take a look at you know recent sure. history. Obviously, in the past four games, are actually really the only four times we've ever played them in franchise history. We are two and two against them. And we a lot are. of goals yeah. have been scored one yeah. way or the other. You know, four zero, four one, one four, two one, right? So t- yeah, and technically, yeah. a lot of with one of those wins against us, I will say the one in Kansas City. There was also a a non handball call in that game. Correct. Yep. Yeah, like yep. they they had a lot of help from the refs in their time against us. So. Right. You know, like and, two and two isn't exactly even. Let's put it that way. And I will. I I gotta say this for myself. You know, obviously I have bias. Like I can't get rid of that. Like you know, it's it's like when I'm watching the Chiefs game or I'm watching you know the Blues. Like I have some sort of bias. But Adam, you and I watch a lot of sports together. Or, or we attend a lot of sports together. Pretty freaking fair of calling in and penalties. Yeah, you know, one there are times where I'm like, eh, and a lot of the fans are like, you know, clearly looking at it from a bias perspective. And you're like, no, that was at the yeah, yeah, the Battle Hawks. I do it a lot where I'm just like, nope, that definitely was a penalty, you know. And yeah. everyone is less like, boo, that's a bullshit call. I'm like, it was, yeah. it was a penalty. And then you like, watch oh, the that'll replay, be a clean like, hit or whatever. We'll be watching. Yeah, exactly. or be like, yeah, that was a clean hit or whatever, you know. Yeah, and people are calling bullshit. So, but yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I always have the bias because obviously I want one team to win. That's the reason why I watch the games or attend uh, attend the games as well. But well, of course, you're going to cheer on to your me. Home, this was, you know, your right. team. But that's why I was I've never left a game because of a ref. And I am telling you, I left that game because of the ref. It was so bad. Like it was worse than the weather. It just I'm hoping that we have a better ref. And but we have got to come ready to play. You know, what I mean, that's that's the end all be all here is if St. Louis. If St. Louis City does not show up and they don't present themselves like they have been all season long, then we're mm-hmm. done. You know, they, if they don't recognize, if they don't step up and take the initiative and 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 play in the playoffs and stuff like the intensity of the playoffs, then we're toast. And a lot of people are saying, "Oh, it's because they're a new team." Blah blah blah. I think it's because we are a new team that we have to. We got to be able to play. We can play. We won our first home game, you know, in franchise history. Think of how much pressure is on that game. You know, our first game, uh, our first game franchise uh, existence, obviously, we were away. We won that one, and that was a comeback game, too. Remember, if, if you guys remember, the first half of that game, we did not look very good in. And mm-hmm. we continued to come back and answer. And then, obviously, our, our second game at home, you have high emotions. But what ends up happening in high emotion games like that is typically, especially in soccer, you come out very strong for the first 10 minutes. But then after that, it gets to be you're drained because you're so hyped up. We uh, look what the St. Louis Blues did in Game Six in the 2019 playoffs. You know what I mean? Everybody's like, "Oh my God, we're gonna win the cup. We're gonna win at home. It's gonna be a magical moment." You know, they, they can do it. They had all this momentum, and then they just come out and lose five to one. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Actually, I think it was worse than that, wasn't it? But don't matter at this point. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't matter. We ha- we won. That's all that fucking matters. Fuck Boston, we won. That's all that all that matters on that side. But yeah, my my favorite newspaper from that one is the one the when they won. Uh, which one was the one where they uh, like Schwartz like tripped a guy or something? It, it was cat. Like, oh, that was Shen. It was Shen. It was Shen that tripped the guy in the offensive For zone. Sure. Or maybe it was no, definitely not Schwartz. Person or something. Ah, now was, I'm freaking. No, it was Bozak. Bozak tripped the guy. That's who it was. Well, it was Bozak. It was Bozak. Yeah. That's exactly who it was. Yeah. It's just it shows it's a picture of tripping the guy. It's a, what a trip. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I did. Uh, there was a Boston one that I saw too that they showed that, and this was after Game Seven, but it was tripped at the finish line. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, at least, at least they, at least they leaned into it a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, on that Jets side, didn't uh, make Brad Marchand leave the ice early and let Petrangelo go down and shoot. <laughs> so, <I> mean, so <laughs> listen. You know, I played I played a decent amount of hockey in my life, and I've never played at the NHL like that, right? But that is like one oh one, man. There is like thirty seconds left in this fucking in this in this period, and you're gonna leave the ice. You're gonna leave the ice, when, yeah. When they are attacking, I don't care how tired you are. I can't tell you how many extended chips I've had when I'm supposed to get off the ice because all of a sudden now we're trapped in the defensive zone. I am not leaving my defenders out there like that. You know what I mean? And you ask for trouble by doing that. So, yes, you know, that I firmly believe that Brad Marchand and Jordan Bennington cost Boston that series because Bennington, obviously, for game seven was just absolutely ridiculous. But also, too, you know, (laughs) that second goal should not have happened. And that second goal gave us hope and belief, not not just hope. It gave us belief that, hey, we can do this in Boston. And it really deflated them. You know what I mean? So up to oh yeah God. at the end of the first so yeah yeah when they, Boston had pretty much dominated the run and play at that point <laughs> yes they did like we got we got and, and you give it so like if I was Boston you got to tip your hat to Ryan O'Reilly he's got he would he scored in his fourth consecutive you know uh, Stanley Cup final uh, goal the only other player to do that besides Wayne Gretzky uh, but it was a tip goal so he's like all right you know he got a, he got a nice deflection we were you know it's just a mistake. That's fine. But beyond that, they were dominating the play. And Bennington had a stand on his head several, several times. The one where he saved with his freaking armpit, essentially, on Brad Marchand. Holy shit, right? Yeah. Like, that was that yeah. was an iconic save. And uh, I mean, almost a franchise-defining save, if, if you think of it in the long term. You know what I mean? Yeah, he kind of had like a Holtby moment. Yeah, almost, dude. You're 100% right there. It was It was pretty impressive, obviously. But... Let's get off that because we'll, we'll talk about blues. Here yeah, I was going to say, we'll get to the blues. <laughs> yeah, before we get off on tangents again. Uh, let's actually talk a little bit of uh, for the predictions that we have here for game two in game three. Um, I'll go ahead and start if you guys want, unless one of you guys want to start. You're good. Go ahead. Yeah. So I definitely still have us winning this series because we are going to win this series. I firmly believe that I've been saying this. I'm putting a positive energy out there. I believe that city is going to win this. I have us winning game two, three to one, and I have us winning game three, two. Oh, I think game two, uh, game three is going to actually be, we're going to score relatively early, like in the 15th minute. And then uh, they're going to put a lot of pressure on us, but we're going to score in like the 85th minute. And it's just going to be like an eruption of emotion at that point in time. So those are my, uh, my game predictions for the scoring here. Um, who wants to go next? Yeah, I mean, I think they'll win the next two also. St. Louis will, I mean, of course, because mm-hmm. I don't think Kansas City is actually a very good soccer team. I think they've had some help from the refs. Uh, sure. And, and, you know, they the last game, just, you know, that everything went their way kind of, and they yeah. came out the victorious so you know where they played a series for a reason so even though it's only three you got the next two to prove that you're the best and i think that st louis really is far and away the better team so 
I agree with you. Sporting is playing better than what they are because they they are on a little bit of a heat, uh, like a hot streak, right? So it makes you look better than what you truly are. And I kind of feel that's what they are right now. You know what I mean? Again, they, they're coming in. They have a lot of confidence and stuff like that, but they're not a good team. I think that we are a much more talented team as we've proven all season long, right? So. Right. Yeah. Adam, what I you think, got? Yeah, I think with our backs against the wall, we'll be performing better. And uh, I end personally, I think game two is going to wind up being like 2-1 St. Louis. That's my that's my assessment on, on game two. Yeah. My, my prediction. Um, and I think, uh, with game three, uh, <clears throat> I think it'll probably be, be like, uh, I think you said two Oh, and I think it'll probably be the same two Oh for a uh, game three. Um, it's going to be, a, you know, it's not going to be a, an easy, um, you know, rest of the series for sure. They'll be battling back and forth, no doubt. But I think that St. Louis will, at the end of the day, prevail, um, especially in game two, just because, you know, it's do or die right now, obviously. So, um, yeah. but we're still the better team, you know, of the two. We still are the better team, no doubt. But it always makes me nervous a little bit going into this with, you know, being away. We don't necessarily have the greatest record, but. Um, I think that we can squeak out a win in game two. And I think if we do that, we can, we'll definitely bring it back home and, and win it uh, for sure. Yeah. And if I'm, you know, if I'm a sporting Kansas city fan, you got to hope the guy doesn't go to game three because you know that we're going to be rocking painting the town red. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, for you sure. need to like, you got to take care of it right here, right now. Cause you winning four to one in city park again, I don't think that's going to happen. So yeah, I don't see, so. I don't think so either. And also we're going to have the advantage or some advantage too, because I mean, I don't know how, you know, what the statistics are with the weather and obviously, you know, how that goes. Cause you know, generally I think most of our games have been pretty good weather, but I think now that, you know, first of all, hopefully we'll have a better, better officiating and second of all, better weather as well. So, and I think that uh, that'll help, help us out in the long run. Which, speaking of, uh, just in case anybody doesn't know, so after the first round, there's also a two-week pause. Yes, for the international. So, I'm like, we're going to be playing <laughs> soccer in December. Like, this is, yeah. like, it might as well, like, the, the final ends up being when the, uh, when the Christmas. Super Bowl is, right? Like, yeah, yeah, damn near. It's just kind of so, crazy. So, like, yeah, hopefully it doesn't become a problem. But, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to see how we'll it goes. We'll be breaking out the orange ball. So, there you go. Right. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and jump in and actually take a look at a little bit of the MLS playoffs here. So uh, I have uh, – we won't spend too much time on here, but I have the matchups, uh, and then we'll, we'll just do like a prediction what you guys think for the series, right? So uh, we'll just jump into it. So in the eastern uh, eastern side of things, we'll start – actually, let's, let's start on the western side since we obviously talked to uh, – we talked about City. We all have them winning this series two to one. Uh, let's take a look at FC Dallas versus uh, Seattle. Seattle's up one nothing right now in that series. Um, Seattle won their last game 2-0. I personally have Seattle winning that series 2-1. I think Dallas is going to win this next game. I think it's going to be uh, one of those games where everybody at home wins. Um, Adam, what, what do you think? What do you think about that series, uh, Dallas and Seattle? Um, I would say... <sighs> thinking at looking at their that matchup there um i think seattle's probably a little bit better team myself of the two mm-hmm. do you I have them so. winning it 2-0 then in the, in the series you have them sweeping yeah or do you have them i have yeah. i'd have them probably 2-0 yeah 
I was very close to that because Seattle's a really good team, but just Dallas, Dallas plays pretty well too, you know, but at the same time, we don't know which Dallas team's going to show up every night. You know what I mean? That's true. I think, you know, looking at the matchup here, I'm look, you know, overall uh, comparing the two. Yeah. Seattle's definitely the better team of the two. Um, And then, so, is it going to be hosted in Seattle? Is that the first game? I'm looking here. Uh, the or first game gonna... was in Seattle, and the second game will be in uh, in Dallas, yes. Gotcha. Yeah, because looking over the statistics, I would say Seattle has the upper hand here for sure. For sure. And head-to-head, it looks like Seattle um, has had a pretty good, um, you know, pretty good uh, uh, record against them as well. OJ, what do you what do you think about this series? Who do you have, Dallas or Seattle? I think Dallas. I think Dallas plays a. Uh, I know Seattle's struggling, and I know Dallas plays a very solid defensive brand of football, and they could probably get a struggling Seattle team to shoot themselves in the foot enough times to take the series. Okay, that's a good one. It's gonna be interesting, and I. I you know, OJ, that's the reason why I gave them a win. I believe that Seattle's a better team, but Dallas is is good enough that they could win this series. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be one of those real tough series. Um, yeah. Let's take a look at another one in the West, uh, Vancouver and LAFC. Uh, LA won, uh, is up one nothing in that series. They won their game 5-2 over Vancouver. I have a clean sweep, 2-0. OJ, what do, you, what do you have, Vancouver or LAFC? Uh, I go LA. Yeah. Yeah. Vancouver sucks. Sorry. Yeah. That's why that's why I believe like Vancouver. Good. Good for them. for being able to fight their way into a playoffs and not even a sure. wild card spot. Right. But they're like, not going to beat L.A. Yeah. They're not going right. to be beating L.A. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Not happening. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, OK. Let's take a look here. Uh, next one. Um, Real Salt Lake versus uh, or shall we say Ooh. real Salt Lake since we're in real America. We're America. Real Salt Lake versus Salt. Houston. Real. Yeah. Houston is up one nothing in that series. Uh, um, they won yeah, their game uh, against Real two to one. I also have three games. Adam, go ahead and you say your prediction first. And I say three games, it. but Houston's going to they're going to end up winning it. But oh, yeah, two one. I, I have it the opposite yeah. way. Yeah. Do you? OK. Yeah I, yeah, I think that Real is a good team. So, you know, we'll have to see. But yeah, OJ, who do you have for the tiebreaker here? I was actually leaning on Salt Lake, too. Uh, for the same, I think they improved their roster quite a bit uh, yeah. during the transfer window, and I think mm-hmm. that they're a pretty dangerous t- fucking team now. So I think that they can come back and take it. Yeah, they beat them what two one, so it was a close game. So yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I think that's all the West, right? Okay, yeah. So in the East, we have Cincinnati versus New York Red Bulls. Uh, Cincinnati's well. up one nothing. Uh, they won last game three zero. I'm gonna keep this simple. It's I'm pretty <laughs> sure we all believe this is gonna be a clean sweep, right? Since uh, probably it should absolutely be because I mean, come on now. Yeah. Unless something goes really wrong. Right. Exactly. That's it. Unless somebody gets injured or something happens, or where it's just gonna change the series yeah. and the complexion. But obviously, Cincinnati Cincinnati is the game to that. That I was gonna say, Cincinnati is the is the team to beat for sure. Agreed. All right. Uh, next one, uh, New England versus Philly. Kind of a rivalry game, especially with fan bases. Uh, mm. But uh, 
Yeah, but Philly's leading that one, one nothing. They won their game three to one. I have Philly sweeping two zero because I think they're a better team. OJ, what do you think? Yeah, same. I like Philly. Mm-hmm, me too. Adam. Yeah, I'd say they're probably because they were up. What they they ended up going over New England three one in their first game, and uh, overall mm-hmm. looking at that match, um, I would say that uh, looks like Philly by far is the favorite. Yeah. The next one is an interesting one. Another Eastern uh, Eastern uh, Conference uh, playoff matchup here. Atlanta versus Columbus. Uh, Columbus, obviously, on a hot streak. They finished very, very strong mm-hmm. in the season. They're up right now, one nothing in this series. They beat Columbus 2-0, but Atlanta is a strong, resilient team. I still believe that Columbus wins the series 2-1, but I believe that Atlanta is going to win this next game at home before Columbus shuts the door. Adam, what's your thoughts? I think Atlanta's going to at least squeeze out one game for sure because, I mean, they're actually, while they have been on a hot streak for sure compared to Atlanta, I think that Atlanta mm-hmm. still is a pretty strong team, to your point. Um, and I, I definitely see them uh, coming back probably in, like, in, in game two. You know, I expect them to probably pick up at least one game. Yeah. OJ, what do you thought? Well, I think it's – they're both pretty good teams. But uh, I seem to remember Atlanta scuffling more towards the end of the season and Columbus being pretty hot and – I think they'll probably uh, carry that through the postseason. So, well, they ended up tying. Yeah, I was going to say Atlanta just recently. I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to see when that game was, but they actually ended up tying that uh, game with Cincy, and they went. You know, it was a tie game, but still, so they performed pretty well with them. But yeah, we'll see. And the last one we have here: Nashville versus Orlando City. Orlando City's been playing some really good ball lately. They're up 1-0 against Nashville. They won their uh, game 1-0. I think that Orlando mm-hmm. City is a, is actually a dark horse in this playoff here. I think they clean sweep here at 2-0 against Nashville. Adam, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I th- overall, Orlando has been performing very well. Looking at their stati- their stats, they haven't lost a game since like late September. Um, so they've been they've been doing they're on a hot streak for sure. I think they'll continue. Well, I'll just take uh, Nashville because I know that they've probably got the best player between both teams. So I agree with that. Yeah, edge, edge there at some point. So I'm going to go with them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Easy enough. We'll see. Obviously, how that plays out. And before we move into this, the Blues, I wanted, I did want to talk a little bit about the end of the year nominations for awards here. Um, so here's a really cool thing. Um, I'm actually just reading this. Give me one second. I got to try to find it again. Okay. Uh, Atlanta United, uh, FC uh, Cincinnati, and St. Louis City are the most represented uh, clubs among the end of the year rewards for the 2023 season of MLS contenders uh, with a finalist in four uh, award categories each. Uh, St. Louis City's four uh, end of the award finalists are the most by any expansion team in their inaugural season uh, Mm. since Atlanta United had five in 2017. Um, however, the finalists for the MVP award of the MLS, um, you have Acosta for, uh, for Cincinnati, Diago Aldama from Atlanta, and you have Bugana for LAFC. I'm not seeing Leuven and I'm not seeing Berkey and I'm pissed. Just saying. Um, but that's bullshit. I agree. Berkey definitely deserves some recognition. Yeah. And Leuven too. 
like yeah, so here's the thing is for sure Ber- Berkey most likely is going to win the uh is going to win the goaltender of the year in fact let me look up the, uh this real quick because I just had it um where, where is it at um Berkey Berkey Ber- okay yeah so uh yeah, Berkey uh, produced the second most saves in MLS this season with 123, which is imp- uh, incredibly impressive. Um, and Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati's uh, Clementino for, uh, has been phenomenal too. But and by the way, too, how funny is that? That out of the two, uh, out of the two out of the three top uh, goaltenders that are named for the finals, both have the first name of Roman. Uh, just saying, Roman Clemento and Col- Roman Berkey. Uh, but the Clemente, uh, Clemente excuse me, has 12 clean sheets. Well, I would hope so when you have a very good defense in front of you, right? So I, I think that Berkey definitely has to win that award, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, and they're also saying, by the way, that so Leuven is up for the newcomer award for the MLS. Obviously, he's going up against uh, uh, Giros, uh, I can't even pronounce his name. Uh, Gaio Kumakas uh, for Atlanta United, and then Lionel Messi, which if Lionel Messi gets that award, I'm going to be fucking furious. You know what I mean? He came in and played six games, and then you're gonna, you're just going to shit over. Even if Leuven loses to to this other guy, this uh, you know Gioros, Gioros guy, the, the guy from Atlanta United, I would be okay with that as long as they don't lose it to Lionel Messi because Lionel Messi is just a name. You know what I mean? He came in for you're, – you're shitting on – the the body of work that these other two guys did. It, you guys get what I'm getting at there? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Makes sense. It, it, it de- yeah. depends on how you want to define the newcomer award, then I guess, though, too. Cause like, yeah, exactly. If it's mm-hmm. just that, then technically Lionel Messi fits the bill. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Who had, the, yeah, who is the newest and had the most, in, right? If you um, well, if you have it be like a whole season award, then yeah, you need to take into account the fact that. This guy only played six games. <laughs> like, exactly. He basically did nothing. So, yeah, he shouldn't be winning any awards on that. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Carnell, our coach, is up for the finalist as well, um, which I'm hoping he wins, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Cincinnati's, uh, Cincinnati's coach wins. Um, but also, I got to show I got I to point this out real quick. So referees, uh, they actually have referee awards. Referee of the year nominees for MLS. You have John Freeman, who's not bad. Victor uh, Ravas, which is controversial sometimes, but most of the time it gets right. And, oh, Ted Uncle is also oh, a finalist. Jesus Christ. Can't, literally, Ted. Okay, oh, so I, I did the research coming into this. Ted Uncle is the worst rated referee in the entire MLS. How in the hell? How the hell does he have an upper Does that even work? I guess that's even rigged too, huh? Okay, got it. All right. Jeez. That's how they trick you to that think he's good. That is messed up. Yes. Wow. I guess they well, well, just watch the game. Oh, this guy's got Wait, I was going to say, whoever's doing the nomination, the nom- the nominations, uh, I guess that he must be uh, favoring their teams, I guess. Or yeah, like if you don't uncle know. Obsession. Yeah, I was going to say, if I was Kansas City, I'd be like, oh, yeah, Ted Uncle, he's the shit. He's the greatest freaking ref out there. Right. Nominate him. Shit. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I guess it works if you don't know what you're looking at. Like, if you're right. sitting game for the first time and you're like, well, hold on a second. I thought he just called that on this one. But the, but then you see, oh, he's got this award, so he must be one of the best in the league. So maybe it's just something I don't know. 
you know, <laughs> and, you, you, and you could be and you could uh, like, OJ, that's a great point, because it's like having a really shitty product and then putting a badge on it saying, oh, this is actually like the most sought after product, even though it's not. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like it's like getting a, like an advertisement space, essentially, for something of a, like a fake product or something that's really stupid. And snake uh, oil. Yeah, it's pretty much. That's pretty much it. You know what I mean? Even that's an interesting TV show, but yeah. Well, I was thinking more of like the original term, I know the actual, not, a, I know, not, I know. not the TV show that's weird as hell, but yes, yeah. like the actual snake oil, like okay, quackery from, right. yeah. yeah. All righty. Well, guys, let's go ahead and, and dive into a little bit of blues hockey, even though I kind of really don't want to, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess we, we probably should. So wow. give a quick update. The Blues uh, have played eight games. They're three, four, and one for seven total points. We are seventh in the central, obviously. Yeah, 18. we're over the the fucking Blackhawks. Hell yeah. Yep, we are seven <laughs> points behind Colorado. We are 11th in the West out of 15, two points out of the last wildcard spot, which is just one game, but obviously with only eight games played and 10% into the season, a little less than. Um, obviously, that's not that bad, but we are 27th in the NHL. We are 12 points uh behind uh the lead which i believe is the vegas knights who are nine oh and one because all right i gotta say this and adam i'm gonna i didn't want to actually say this but you know <laughs> what we're going go. with here where we go sorry break uh, out the soapbox go, but I, I gotta talk about this and oj i think you and i have talked about this as well i, I my dream was to play in the nhl okay that was my dream for a long long time i'm to the point now that i don't even want to watch nhl games anymore I really do believe not the games are fixed, but I believe the NHL in general is fixed. We talked about this already on this podcast about Connor Bedard going to Chicago Blackhawks. And of course, the same year that they're going to lose Jonathan Taze and they're going to lose Patrick Kane. Right. And I believe that the NHL saw that and they don't they didn't want to lose a revenue stream. But this is a thing that just happened. So Ottawa trades away uh, Dad, uh, Dadovan. Their defender. They trade them to. Uh, they trade him to the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights then try to turn around and trade him to the Ducks. Uh, they they obviously you know get the deal done, but it doesn't get finalized. And so the Vegas Knights then go to the NHL and pretty much say they talk to the NHL and say, hey, there's something that's going on with this. Essentially, what ends up happening was Dadovan had a ten team no trade clause. And you talk about the Donovs, right? Donoff. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. If I mean Donoff, just, I don't know. It looks like Dadnoff, whatever. Dadnoff, yeah. I think it's pronounced Dadonov, though. So Okay, Dadonov. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. So, yeah. and 100% right. He's so, some Russian dude. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. He's a Russian defender for the stars <laughs> now. There you go. So, Ottawa tra- uh, trades him to Vegas Knights, and then the Vegas obviously tries to get him to the Ducks, but he had a no-trade clause for the Ducks. Um, uh, that was one of the teams on the 10 uh, team, no trade clause, the Vegas Knights then go to the NHL and say, well, we didn't know that he had a no trade clause. And so what happens is the NHL handed down a punishment to Ottawa. They're giving, uh, they're, they're making Ottawa forfeit a first round pick Vegas, no penalty. I'm sorry, but if I'm, if I'm assuming somebody's contract, I need to know like everything about that before I'm assuming the contract. Am I just looking at dollars and cents? But how is it that it's on the proof uh, or it's on the burden of Ottawa and not the Vegas Knights for not doing their homework? 
am I crazy here? Like, oh, well, yeah, because typically, because typically I can just literally go up and uh, literally look up NHL contracts online, literally on Sportrack. Uh, yeah, Sportrack and shows everything. It shows everything about a freaking player. Like, how do they not know this? You know, it just kind of blows my mind. They're like, oh, I didn't know about Dush. I'm like, how? (laughs) Like, this should be public knowledge, but okay. I wonder what proof there is that, because, yeah, that does seem weird. Like, like, how do you not know that? Like, Ottawa concealed it from him? From them somehow. It's so and so OJ. It's it's like what I told. It's like what I told uh, Adam. Right. That's like me going to McDonald's and saying I want a cheeseburger. I take a bite of the cheeseburger and then go back to McDonald's and say I'm suing you because there's pickles on this and I'm allergic to pickles. Okay. Well, you didn't ask us if there was pickles on it. You didn't ask. I mean, like, look at the picture. It's up there. It's displayed. It, the proof of it is on you. You just asked for a burger. You didn't say I'm allergic to pickles, which is a common thing for burgers. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. the stupidest thing. Like I, I'm looking at this and I, I, I went into even a more depth to this. It has everything to do with the NHL and Gary Bettman when they get into Vegas first, because we knew before the Vegas nights happened and the expansion draft happened, there was such a hot topic button around Vegas as a sports city. And so we knew that they were eventually going to get the Raiders. We knew they were going to get an NHL team. And obviously there was a lot of pressure to get a baseball team there as well, which it looks like that's going to happen. And also, by the way, I feel for the city of Oakland who lost a football team and a baseball team to Vegas. Just saying, like if I was from uh, Oakland, I would I would go to Atlantic City. Fuck, I'm never going to Vegas again. Right. But anyways, to that point, Gary Bettman and NHL wanted to get into Vegas first and foremost so they could establish that fan base. Right. So they made this monstrous push. And that's why also I believe that the expansion draft was not fair. We've talked about this before. OJ, I know you and I have talked about this where it was not fair and that Vegas was set up for success where look at Seattle, Seattle, you know, yes, they made the playoffs. Congratulations to Seattle for that, but they suck compared to the Vegas Knights. You know what I mean? Well, they had the same rules as Vegas did for the draft. I mean, what I was talking about is like, if you compare it to the old time expansion drafts and like, yeah, it's makes that's what I was talking about. But I guess at the end of the day, you know, it, are you really in like competition in that way? Like, I guess not really. So you could argue that it's for the good of the league to try and essentially tilt the odds in the favor of every expansion team. You know, if you're looking at a business standpoint, yes. But as a fan uh, of the game, it's not like that. Yeah. Go on. Uh, go on, Adam. By the way, not to change the subject, but to go back, I'm reading some details on ESPN. Uh, apparently that, with the 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 deal with the knights and all that and the Dadanov deal or whatever, apparently there was no mention of the trade protection on the trade call with the senators and the NHL. But that still just because they didn't mention it on the call doesn't mean that it's like, well, you you clearly can see his contract. You know what I mean? But I guess they're just saying they didn't disclose it during the call. It sounds so like anyway. they went mm-hmm. on reality. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, well, they didn't say it to me. It's like, well, you didn't read the contract either, the fine print. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So, they anyway. didn't have, they, yeah. And the other thing is, this only happened when they tried to trade him to the Ducks. He was there for a minute. Yeah, and, that is true. Like, he they, was. They clearly didn't review the fucking, <laughs> they didn't review the contract. And then yeah. they have Irish remorse because it didn't go into their plan. 
Well, yeah. that's what they probably did review it prior to trading him to see if he, they would have at least have wanted to check for a no trade list or something. Right? Sure. Like, oh, it, so they probably did review it. They probably saw that shit. They're probably like, fuck it. Let's try it anyway. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I don't see that at all. No one told maybe, us about it. Yeah. Maybe they already realized that they could try and squirm out of any kind mm-hmm. of any issues because of. Uh, the whole call thing. Maybe they already realized yeah. they had the technicality in but their back pocket, so they're like, the, "Fuck it, go for it." The crappy <laughs> thing is, though, is that the fact that the you know is that the, sens- the senators, you know, they get stripped of a first round pick uh, because they didn't disclose it on a phone call about the detail in the transaction, even though it was still in the contract. But yet, you know, obviously Chicago, they covered up a whole sex scandal, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> and write a letter and then obviously like this this little meme here writing a letter of reference for the abuser as well and all they had to pay was like what two million dollars or whatever whoop de yeah. freaking do and then they wind up with freaking connor bedard so yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty just, it's just ridiculous because like and again i believe that also part of this is that the fact that the nhl does not want to franchise in ottawa for some reason i mean they've been shitting on ottawa they didn't allow Ryan Reynolds to become an owner. And the re- the reason why they state that it, oh, it's because he just recently bought a soccer team and we don't know if he's financially stable. <laughs> Ryan freaking Reynolds. Bro, yeah. What are you talking about? Right? Like, yeah. what are you smoking? First and foremost, he is a, he's, he's a 50, 50. He's literally worth, movie star. he's <laughs> literally <laughs> worth like hundreds of millions of dollars. You know what I mean? Don't you yeah. think that they could get him? He has accounts. He has people that can provide the necessary financial details if that's what you're worried about. Like, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, and and T-Mobile was, actually it, was going to buy out freaking Mint Mobile for him for like over a billion dollars. So, you know what I mean? And the anyway. thing about that, too, when I look at that, it, it's just like you, you can have the star power of, hey, we have a movie star that bought this franchise. You know what I mean? And like to uh to a franchise that's not necessarily doing the greatest when it comes to getting people in the door, that's a huge pull. That's a huge draw to be part of Ryan Reynolds' team because you can just it just look what it, uh, it. OJ, I know you're not doing it, but look at Taylor Swift's effect in Kansas City when all of a sudden she shows up in that game in Chicago. Tickets have surged to 20 percent more increase for people just to see her. You know what I mean? So like think about that as well that he's going to be up in the owner box, but there might be a chance that you can run into Ryan Reynolds there. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I just, I think it's ridiculous. It's something you can bond with Ryan Reynolds over. If you see him ever, you can talk yeah. to him about, it. you can become best friends. By the way, he was yeah. in the box too with that one game. So just FYI. <laughs> yeah. With the Taylor Swift game. Yep. I know. I'm just Trust me, I was more excited about that. I think it was like at the, yeah, it was like at the, yeah, it was the Jets game or something. I think. Game. Yeah. New yeah. York. Yeah. So you're like, oh, my God. Everybody's freaking out. Oh, my God. Taylor Swift is there. And you're like, oh, my God. Ryan Reynolds is there. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) OJ, I don't know if you've seen it since I know we know that you don't really watch uh, NFL. But, you know, Travis Kelsey's dating Taylor Swift. Have you seen anything about this? Hold on. What? You're good. Just go ahead. Hold on. Yeah. OJ, have you seen anything about this? What? Seen anything about what? Sorry. That Travis Kelsey is dating Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. I don't even okay. follow the NFL at all. <laughs> you don't have to. And you know about it's that. It's on right. every news channel. It's front page of, like, The Athletic or something when I pull that up. Like, yeah. Trash. And it's 
it's just been all over the place, right? But it was super funny for that Jets game. It was super funny. So they made this huge deal about it. And they're like, oh, look, it's Taylor Swift. And she is talking. And in camera is Ryan Reynolds and his wife, Blake Lively, who are big movies. Like stars. literally sitting she's, next to them and talking there, to them. Yeah, she said they're right next to them talking. They have her name, but they don't mention She started <laughs> laughing. I'm like, really? I'm like, you could have made it a bigger deal by saying, oh, it's, she's also talking to Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. I don't understand the fascination with Taylor Swift. Like, no offense to her. The, no, 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 no. It's good, man. It, it's because of the Swifties, man. They, it, she's got a cult following. So, it's crazy. They literally are a cult. I've literally like seen a video. They were showing like a surveillance video, not to get into it on this topic, but just real quick of like, I guess the concert, they put it in the movie theaters or whatever. And they were like, there was like a cult of these kids of like teenage kids in the front of the movie theater, like inside during the movie. And they're all like going like in a big ring with all their, and like in circles with, and holding hands. Like they were in some sort of chant. It was kind of creepy. I'm not going to lie. I'll, I'll do you one even better, Adam. <laughs> so there is a, there's a restaurant in Connecticut that set up for Halloween. They set up two scare or scarecrows to get part of like with this pop stuff. They set up a, a one in a Kelsey Jersey. And then they set up a one that's blonde to be Taylor Swift. They put it in their window. Over 4,000 fans showed up and waited over two hours to see her. And the manager had to come out several times to tell the people. It's oh my God. Scarecrow. And, and so the manager is wow. like, you really believe that Travis Kelsey would be wearing a Travis Kelsey G- a Chiefs jersey? Are you kidding me? But that's how crazy her fans are. Just for I'm looking at the singer. pictures of this. They and they're, they're like out. freaking dolls. It's not even like they were mannequins. They're dolls. Like, yeah. Wow. OK, that's kind of scary. All right. What did you? That's crazy. Nuts. What did you search for that, Adam? I'm going to drop the picture in the chat here so you can see oh, this yeah. here. <laughs> but just just uh look up uh yeah look at that <laughs> they waited Do you not see this how ridiculous this. they waited <laughs> two four thousand fucking what that long cops because there were so many people on the streets so they could just they could uh, direct traffic we're gonna take a picture like, of this most oh ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. There were rumors that apparently they were dining inside, but instead they just freaking found scarecrows. Oh that's my what I said. god! The what police and fire department like, showed up in an attempt to disperse the crowds. Yeah, oh my god! Times. This is <laughs> insane. Okay, okay. Could you imagine the, the fucking cops deputy. and the fire department show up and they're like, uh, "Move away from the scarecrows." The story is County that, deputies said that they insane. almost called for uh, they almost called for riot gear so they could push the crowd back. Christ, <laughs> fucking crazy. people are nuts. Yeah. So, oh anyways. my god. Uh, Unreal. All right, let's get back to the blues. Let's get back to the blues and uh, and talk a little bit as before we start talking about scarecrows and shit. My god. All right, so. Yeah, when we ever have like, like these crazy stories in the freaking with hockey? Oh, right, because nobody cares. <laughs> we just play the damn game. Yeah. Um. All right. So obviously, the season's not going that great for the Blues. Uh. You know, comparatively, but what have we liked so far from this season? Um. You know, is there a specific player or the like the defense? Like, you know, what what specifically 
have we liked about this team so far? Adam, I'm going to start with you on this one. Well, probably the only saving grace here is Bennington. Honestly, that'd probably be, you know, he, he's been showing up for sure still, but our defense sure the hell hasn't been still, um, you know, and obviously even our offense has been lackluster. I mean, we just got fucking smacked by the freaking, you know, um, by the, um, by Vancouver as well. That was garbage. We got freaking shut out, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say Benny. It's been glad. I'm. I am happy that Benny has showed up and that he's. Uh, you know, he's he's his old self again for the most part. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, OJ. What, you, what about you? Well, speaking of that Vancouver game, I mean that you want to talk about some bad refereeing. I mean, yeah, touche. So you got the one team on the back half of a back-to-back and one that's fully rested, and then you give that team four penalties in a row, basically, in the first period, all on really fucking soft calls. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> that needs to be investigated. That That's some motivated refereeing right there, if I've ever seen it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, generally... I'm I'm liking that the Blues are showing more commitment to defense, but now it's just kind of like a skill issue, I guess, because their defense isn't very good, but at least they're taking it seriously. Um, let's see. I guess uh, Jordan Cairo is a guy that stood out to me, at least as far as his effort in the defensive zone. He seems to hustle back well and turn pucks over multiple times I've seen him do, so. Uh, yeah, there's that. Yeah, for me, I, I mean, I had Bennington as well. I mean, I think that he's looked good in certain times. He's definitely um, hasn't been able to keep that up that he had in the first three games of the season. Um, he's 18th in goals against with 2.61, which is not a good look. Um, and you would say, OK, but if he has a high save percentage, then, you know, obviously it's the defense that's laying him down. But he's also 16th in save percentage at a 916. So. Not necessarily the greatest. And I'm actually taking a look at some advanced statistics here. And so, like, saves on unblocked shots, he ranks 18th with a 96%. Uh, and then expected saves, um, he is, yeah, he is a big minus in this category because um, he's supposed to be ranked 11th um, just from, like, the advanced statistics. And obviously, these aren't, like, an official thing because it's just more of, like, fans that put stuff together because, obviously, there's no sabermetrics for the NHL right now. Um, but, I mean, he's kind of come down a little bit. The def- defense just hasn't looked all that great. And, again, like, that's kind of all I have. Like, the Blues are ranked 31st in the power play – or, excuse me, the Blues ranked 31st out of 32 teams in NHL in goals per game. They're averaging 1.75, which is atrocious. But the biggest thing here, like our penalty kill is average. It's not great. It's 78.3, but it's 15th in the league. The worst here, though, we rank dead last in NHL in power play percentage, 4%. Yeah. 4%. Yeah, yeah that that is, is really bad. Really bad. Josh, where are those advanced? What site was that you're getting those advanced stats? So, ever? yeah. Uh, so actually, I just googled. Um, I googled. Well, I'll tell you exactly what I did. It was MoneyPuck.com, but uh, NHL oh. Advanced uh, Analytics um, is what I googled, and MoneyPuck.com is where I was at. Yeah, no, MoneyPuck's a good site. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't yeah, think I, I've used them. Before. I don't think you'd consider that like fans just throwing shit together. Like it's a legit site. <laughs> well, what I mean, yeah, that's true. But I'm, I'm go ahead. No, all I'm saying is like that's a good source. Like you don't have to like be like, oh, I don't know about these numbers or anything. You know, that's a legit source. Like <laughs> that's. I'm all. just I'm just saying that they're, they're the reason why I say that though is because they're advanced statistics are not in NHL are really not like a quote unquote official thing. Like sabermetrics are for baseball. That's all I was getting at, but you're, you're right. I mean, like there's, I don't actually, I don't know enough about money puck when it comes to like, you know, like Spotrack, they pay people obviously to do their analytics and stuff like that. So I'm wondering if money puck does the same. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, money puck is actually pretty comparable to like a fan graphs type of site. So, I mean, you know, there's differences in the way certain things are calculated sometimes, but it's kind of like sure. this is like how Fangrass does war versus baseball reference, you know, that kind of stuff. That makes sense. So, okay. But, yeah, it's very, very, like, above board and legit. Like, their stats are respected. Like, I mean, some people might quibble with you on which, whether you prefer, like, Corsi or Fenwick or something like that. But yeah. other than that, like, <laughs> yeah, you're fine with using uh, – Using them for everything. Well, shout out to Money Puck, uh, MoneyPuck.com then. So go yeah. there for your advanced statistics. Their uh, model or whatever it predicted the Blues to be one of the top couple teams in the league the year they won the cup, which is uh, pretty impressive. I, I shouldn't for say sure. they didn't predict it before the season because the way their model works, it's you know actual stuff you do. So, but towards the middle of the season, it was onto the Blues before. You know, the national media and stuff was at least. <laughs> it's definitely saying something, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, let's get in here, though. I mean, has anything changed with this Blues team compared to your preseason expectations? OJ, you know, I'll, I'll kind of start with you. I mean, do you believe that our defense is better than what you thought it would be? Our offense is better than or, or worse? Like, what's your thought process comparatively, like, coming into the season after eight games? you know, what has changed in your perception of the blues? So I actually thought that they would be better than they are. Uh, like mm-hmm. I said, it's just become obvious that they have a legitimate lack of ability now out there, which I didn't think was obvious last season necessarily. Some of it could just be that, you know, they are learning a new defensive system and all that. It may just be that they aren't gelling yet. Like, they're playing slow as a team, which is obviously going to kill you all the time. So they need to f- yeah, uh, sure. figure out a way to pick up the pace. It's not like they have a bunch of plotters on their roster. They got guys with wheels, but they still play slow. So there's something that needs to happen, something that needs to click. And maybe it will at some point, and they'll turn a corner and look better. But right now, they just don't have the ability to hang with teams that are any good, I don't think. I mean – at least not for the entirety of games. Like I watched us against Colorado and they pretty much outplayed Colorado in the second period. Like the blues actually looked like the better team over the entire course of the second period. So like Mm -hmm. they clearly have it in them somewhere, but yeah, it's just too often. It looks like doing that consistency for 60 minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they need to maybe find some confidence or maybe they just need more time working on things. And the power play thing also is like you guys are saying, that's killing them right now. Because why should anyone be afraid of taking a penalty against you? Like, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to do anything. It so. allows you to be an incredibly aggressive on the defensive side of things. 
knowing exactly. that even if you do get a penalty, there's no threat. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I have no clue why that's bad. I really do think it's probably like stuff isn't gelling quite right now. So they need to, they just need more time on the ice together. Hopefully they stick with it and don't just like, you know, shit away the season too early. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, Adam, what's your take here? You know, what is what has changed from your preseason mm. perception of the of the Blues? I didn't have high expectations anyway going into this. Obviously, there just wasn't a lot of moves and things going on in the uh, you know in the off season that made me feel like this was going to be a different team for sure. And while I think we can definitely you know can defend a little bit better than we could last year last season, but it feels like right now the offense is just you know, freaking bone dry, you know, it just is. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm just really disappointed in like your point about, you know, um, now the power plays, you know, it's just, it's really disappointing to see that. So, and I'm sure while we may be able to fix one area, it's, I, I, it feels like the same kind of crap, like before it's like, okay, we can get, you know, a little stronger defensively, but then we're going to lack offensively. We're offense are going to start picking up. Defense is going to start dropping the ball versus, you know, everything's going to, this is how it is, you know? And I just don't think that we can get it together, you know? And I just, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not really surprised really. Um, I never, I didn't really have huge, you know, uh, expectations this season. Sorry to say, but I just didn't. No, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. Listen, I, I have to say that, you know, if, like OJ, this, I had hopes, but I kind of felt like this team, they're worse than I thought they were going to be. I didn't think that they were going to be good. This is just a bad team. Like, I, I hate to, I'm trying to like sugarcoat and like dance around it, but if I'm going to be honest, this is just a bad team. Uh, they don't play a very good team game. Uh, you know, OJ, as you said, they have led feet a lot. Um, they they try they can't, they can't move the puck when they need to move the puck. Um, you know, they can't bunker down when they need to bunker down. They can't close out when they need to close out. Mm -hmm. it, this is just looking like a debunk team, and it's it to me this is even worse than back in like 2008 2009. When we started drafting a bunch of young players and you knew you're going to go watch AHL hockey, essentially. But at the same time, you had the promise of youth. You know, you have David Backus um, was coming up. You have David Perron, you know, at the time, Patrick Berglund, TJ Oshie, uh, Petrangelo. You know, you had these players that were coming up that you knew was going to be your core and just need to try to build around and develop. Here's the problem. There's a lot of veterans on this team and they're just not good. You know, so I, I don't I don't know. So I I don't want to tear down again because we're just literally four years removed from winning the Stanley Cup. But at the same time, but we're not we the same team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We might need that because this team is just not good. It's just not. No. All righty, guys, well, let's transition here and talk a little bit about uh, some Mizzou uh, football. Um, it, it's been an interesting season. So far from Mizzou, uh, they are seven and one. They they had a bye week last week. Uh, before that, they beat South Carolina thirty four to twelve. Uh, they are actually uh, ranked fourteenth in the AP, but the most important one is actually the CFP, which is the College Football Playoff Rankings. They have them at twelve, which would be in two years oh, a man. playoff spot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's uh, in a playoff spot if it was next season. So yeah. 
I said two years. Yeah, my, my bad. Next season. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a lot of like hope. And obviously a lot of it's going to be pinging definitely on these next two games. Right. Obviously, our next game is at Georgia, oh, which uh, yeah. Georgia fell from number one. They are now to number two uh, in the country. Uh, and then the next game, we're at home against Tennessee, which is ranked 17. Um, you know, and then uh, and then after that, we actually have Florida at home, which is a sneakily good team, even though they're not ranked. And then we're at Arkansas, which is, you know, a game we should probably be able to win. But, you know, what, what's the expectations? And OJ, I'll, I'll go here with you. What's expectations for this team now? I mean, obviously, you got the nation's attention, at least to a certain degree, being 14th and 12th in, obviously, the playoff rankings. You know, what What do you believe, you know, can happen here with the George game, uh, maybe Tennessee, and where they could end up at the end of the season? Well, this uh, next game here on Saturday is going to tell us a whole lot because mm-hmm. Sue's played probably a tougher schedule than George's so far. I don't think Georgia's played anybody yet, really. Uh, but anyway, the point is uh, Mizzou, kind of, they look legit, more legit than I've seen them since, like, the Gary Pinkle years. So that's pretty nice. Uh, they have their weaknesses, though, and that's where you want to see how much uh, they can improve from week to week and all that because, you know, they're also a team that's made up of – I don't know if I would say a huge amount of transfers, but they that's how they get a lot of the strength of their players is through the transfer portal these days. So, uh, you know, take some time for things to gel, you know, and get all that stuff figured out. Uh, so some of the question is like uh, Mizzou's, uh, some of the concerns, I mean, for them have been like, in my opinion, their defensive tackle play has been pretty weak, uh, which mm-hmm. is causing issues with stopping the run. I mean, LSU was able to run the ball between the tackles pretty much at will the entire game. So like that was, uh, that was pretty tough to watch. Um, but that kind of, that plays started to pick up here the last couple of weeks, but that's also been against South Carolina and Kentucky. So, you know, it's not like they're not as good at, as like LSU or Georgia at running the ball either. <laughs> so it's kind of like, is that real? Are they starting to actually, improve and made some adjustments there or is have they just played some weird competition or what's going on <clears throat> so we're kind of going to find out how complete a team is of mizzou is and if they you know if they like lose close to georgia then you probably <clears throat> expect oh i mean there's no reason to think they couldn't win out the rest of the way at that point mm-hmm. um and they probably wouldn't drop too far in the rankings then either. And it would get, probably boost Georgia up to one because now they'd have like a legitimate team that they beat for change. But uh, yeah, so. Yeah, because when I'm, I'm looking at it here, they went up against uh, UT Martin, uh, Ball State. Excuse me. So UT Martin and Ball State at the beginning of the season, then South Carolina, uh, hmm, uh, UAB. Uh, Auburn, and then their only ranked opponent that they beat was, was Kentucky, which was ranked 20th at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. With two losses, if they, I remember correctly. In Vanderbilt, they did beat Florida, you know, 40 to, uh, 43 to 20, but it yeah. was one. Florida, people thought would be like the second worst. Actually, I saw people thinking Florida was going to be worse than Vanderbilt going into the season. And wow. right. stuff that says that they haven't been getting by on smoke and mirrors yet either. You know, they could easily end up right, like right. 
uh, like uh, five and f- or six and six or something like that, you know. So they may not sure. be that good. We don't know yet. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, the point is, you know, you could wind up with like a ten and two season and wind up ranked near the top. I, I doubt. I don't know if that would get you a New Year's Six bowl or not, but it would put you in position to like tell recruits like, hey. If we just do what we did last year, we're going to be in the playoffs. So come join our school. (laughs) So that would be. Yeah, and we're only going to get better, you know. Yeah. So, like, really, that would be somewhat of a moral victory, honestly, like a legitimate moral victory where you could say, like, this is a good sign for the progress of the program if they can just keep it close. (laughs) But and you're 100% right. Yeah, because I kind of have. You know, that's why I look at it. I look at Georgia game as you, you go out there and you try to compete. If you can somehow beat Georgia, obviously you're going to jump up in the rankings. You're going to gain a lot more respect. But also you are now in the lead in the East. You know what I mean? For the SEC. You're in the lead for the uh, for the SEC East. So you need to keep that kind of momentum going. And But I, I believe that they're going to lose to Georgia. It's just, I mean, Georgia is such a powerhouse. Obviously, back-to-back champions, they're, they're going for the third in a row. You know, I feel that they'll lose to Georgia. I do believe it's going to be a deceptively close game. Um, I think that Georgia ends up winning by like 14, but I think it's like one of those last touchdowns on like a, you know, on a pass that needed to happen or like pick six kind of thing. But I do believe that hopefully we can beat Tennessee, beat Florida and beat Arkansas and finish in the season in the top 25. Because to your point, OJ, that goes a long way for recruiting and also goes a long way for next year and get just earning respect. You know what I mean? If we were beating teams left and right, and we barely got into the top 25, and when we did, we faced LSU, which is a good team, and then they beat us, and then we dropped out of the top 25, and we had to work our way back up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's some upsets. Like, I think we moved up. We moved up from, like, 18th or something to 12th, I think. No, I think it was even – because we played – that's right, because we played South Carolina. We were ranked like 20. So we go from being 20th when we played South Carolina. Now we're up to 12th. 14th. And we had a, well, 12th in the CFP. Or in the- Which is, the, yeah, CFP, though, this is their first week that they have listed that. Okay. So Fair. It, would, it would have been the AP ranking, yeah. Okay, but anyway, we I think we moved up like a couple spots during the bye week because of some upsets. Sure. <laughs> that was nice. Got a yeah. little help there. <laughs> and honestly, like I'm very happy that they decided to schedule this bye week before the Georgia game because it's such a big game. So it gives us two weeks to prepare yeah. for Georgia. And while yeah. Georgia obviously just last uh, last game, you know, they looked good, but they they were up against Florida at Florida. So and Florida's a good team. Well, it, you know, somewhat of a good team. Um, but like it'll last. Oh, sure. I was just saying they might. We don't know for sure yet. That's all. Yeah. But, but regardless, it's a team that can that can that can be at least competitive, right? Yeah, yeah. It should be. And they they yeah, they put a drug in on them. <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, so this is in Athens, so it's gonna be yeah, a it's in Georgia, and be, and they they rank Georgia number two, so you know now they don't the chip now, yeah, yeah now they can have a chip on their shoulder. You know, Dominic Lovett is gonna wanna 
show up good against his old team, while especially while Brock Bowers is out. Oh, and he did get an uptick in in, in receptions with Brock Bowers out. So he's going to probably be a guy they're going to look to get the ball to. Uh, so, you know, you got that there. You know, he left you for them. Sure. So it's going to be lots of lots of storylines, lots of uh, motivating factors here. So I just hope it's a really, really sick game because, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. For sure. Well, let's uh, get to our last topic here before we do our sign off and talk a little bit about MLB and the World Series. So uh, World Series ended last night. Uh, the Texas Rangers uh, beat the Arizona Diamondbacks. Kind of, a, in a way, a Cinderella story for both. But let's be honest, the 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 Texas Rangers weren't that big of an underdog uh, coming into it. They just had to, you know, get a little bit of a stretch. It is their first win. Um, they went yep. obviously uh, two World Series in a row, losing one to us. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, <laughs> they, ba- it. they barely lost that one too. So thank you, David Freeze. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, let's talk about you know like are they surprised? Adam, let, let's start with you here. Are you surprised that the Rangers won the World Series? Well, uh, at the end of the season, no. I mean because. Have you seen them, how they've been performing on the road? They won every single, uh, you know, away game during the entire, you know, uh, and during the whole playoffs. 11 and 0. I mm-hmm. could not believe that. That was just ast- astonishing. Of course, you know, looking at the full picture when we were looking at the playoffs, you know, back at the beginning of October, would I have picked the Rangers to win it all? Absolutely not. I was thinking it's probably going to be the freaking Astros more than likely going to be the ones that are going to come out here again. So am I happy for the Ast or for the for the Rangers? Uh, I am. I'm really happy for Monty as well. Uh, sad to see him go from the cards, but uh, I am happy that he uh, ended up, you know, getting a ring out of the deal. But um, yeah, I was surprised for sure. Uh, from the very get go, but I, by, by the time that they wound up though, in, in the series, um, I thought they had a real chance because they were really on fire and their pitching was really what, Nominal. really what sealed the deal. And it, and that's when you're looking at playoff baseball, you look at pitching and the mm-hmm. fact is they were, they were doing outstanding there. And also, I don't know if you watched last night's game too, but the other thing is that we see a lot of times, especially in world series and we know it very well, whenever you're performing, uh, you're defensively very poorly and making a lot of mistakes and Arizona was making a lot of, uh, was making those mistakes. So Rangers by far uh, won that series and, and rightfully so. Yeah, sorry about the dogs there yeah. for a second, but no, you're right. I mean, I'm really not all that surprised. I mean, they finished the regular season tied with the Astros. They actually lost it in the last uh, last game of the season. Uh, they had that division kind of wrapped up. I mean, they won 90 games, right? So yeah, they were 90 to 72. Also, same with the Astros. So you're you're absolutely the Astros, right. They were also buyers at the deadline, so oh. like you know, you, you didn't really feel like this was really that big of a surprise maybe comparatively to like houston or like la or some of the other bigger like taglines when it comes to you know teams that are spending money and all this other stuff maybe over phillies and stuff 
But to me, like everyone kept saying this was like the dark horse, uh, dark horse versus the dark horse. I'm like, no, only really the Arizona Diamondbacks were the dark horse. But I also didn't believe what people said that it was the most improbable team to have ever been in the World Series because I'm like, Not no, at all. I believe that I mean, no, like the 2006 Cardinals. We were 83 wins in the regular season. Yeah. We, had, we had barely squeaked into yeah. that thing. I mean, I literally was at yeah. that last game at the regular season, and I said, well, this is it. It's over. Yeah, sure, we're going to sneak in for a wild card option, but fuck, we're not going to go anywhere. I was like, there's no way. And yeah. I was like, well, that'll be the last time I have Bush team. And then the next game I go to was game five of the World Series and see him win it. So there yeah. you go. You need a hell of a come from behind uh, in 2011, too. Yeah. I mean, that's for sure. That is for sure. I don't think as dramatic as 06, but you're right. You know, we had to have everything go our right way. And, and then obviously just how it happened in the playoffs period, you know, yeah, I mean, we were down to a dangerous. strike. They were down to a strike away from winning that thing, man. The Rangers were so damn close to winning that series. You know, what has to go right for you. Cause you know that the only reason the Cardinals got in is because the Braves lost on the last day of the season. You That's right. The Braves on the last day of the season, the Philadelphia Phillies, who actually put out a legitimate lineup, even though they had long clinched the, uh, the their spot, you know, and uh, they did it because of the integrity of the game. They beat the Braves and then the Cardinals come in and beat the Phillies in the first round. Like, yeah. come on, that's baseball. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's but, pretty uh, interesting how that uh, how that yeah. works out sometimes, and it's, and obviously with baseball, it's it goes in streaks too, and who's hot, who's not at the time. So you know you could have these teams like, obviously the the Braves phenomenal season. You know you had Baltimore another great se- you know great season for them as well, but as you could see, you know they uh, they did they did they they choked in the series eventually. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of weird how at least a couple of our most memorable championships recently have ties to Philly that way. Yeah. So just saying. That is true. Yeah. You know, OJ, were you surprised uh, about the Rangers winning it this year? I mean, I wouldn't say I was shocked. Let's see. I guess I was, I was, I was more shocked that the Astros got out. Right. But if you said, look at the field, like, do you think the Rangers have a legit shot? I'd have been like, yeah, because, uh, like, all the every aspect of their team has been just been good this year. Like, <laughs> they're just a good fucking team. So, yeah, I'm not, like, right. stunned. Oh, my God, I can't believe they won it. But, yeah, they wouldn't have been in my top, like, few choices probably at the beginning of the playoffs to win it either. So, you know, I have to say I'm pleasantly surprised. Well, they don't have the best track record when it comes to the playoffs, as we well know. I mean, this is the first time they've literally won a World Series. So, yeah, we if I was a betting man, we certainly aren't be like, oh, yeah, the Rangers are definitely going to win it all this year. I highly doubt it, you know. So. Yeah, I don't I mean, it, you do get the feeling once they were in the World Series, I kind of felt like they were due, you know. I mean, I couldn't imagine them losing the World <laughs> Series again. Like, yeah. It would be terrible. That would be hugely disappointing, but I guess they were, you know, Dallas was used to it. Yeah, I, I had too much faith in, uh, you know, that there wouldn't be that level of cruelty in this world. Right. <laughs> 
Well, guys, uh, that's all the topics we have here. So uh, when we head to our sign off here, Adam, why don't you tell the good listeners what they uh, our socials are and how they can reach out to us? Our lovely listeners can always reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the hometown losers. And that's spelled L-O-U-S-E-R-S. Give us a like, comment, share, tell your friends, tell your family. Just don't tell any of your, you know, anybody that uh, is a Chicago fan because uh, we will ban them. Um, Also, check us out on x.com slash hometown losers. Retweet, like, post. Yeah. Check us out. All righty. OJ, what do you have for the game of the week? I got to do two again because, you know, chronologically, uh, first you have Mizzou versus Georgia at 2.30 p.m. Central Time in Georgia. Uh, that's that's a big one if you're a Mizzou fan. Pretty much biggest game this program has had in probably like a decade. A little less. But uh, so that's first. And then, of course, you have the at 4 p.m., also, that same on a Sunday, you have uh, St. Louis versus Sporting Kansas City in Kansas City, and that's also the biggest game that this franchise has ever played. So, pretty uh, pretty hard to pick one this week. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, at least you have one a day. So, yeah, Here you exactly. Go. One Saturday, yeah. one Sunday. No overlap. It's gonna all line up because I'm gonna have you know the Bazoo game. <laughs> On Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, I got the Chiefs game at like 8.30 in the morning, and then I've got St. Louis City SC uh, Sunday afternoon. So there you go. You got to leave your couch. <laughs> there you got to. I was going to say, if anybody out there uh, uh, wants to, they can always head down to uh, City Park. Uh, we're going to have a big watch party on Sunday. So We'll be there. Down. All three of us will be there. Uh, we'll be there. We'll be watching. Yeah. We'll be cheering. We'll be having a good time. And um, let's go city. Let's go Mizzou. Let's go city. Let's go Mizzou. And I guess let's go blues ish. Let's go blues. <laughs> let's go chief. Let's go chiefs. I mean, if you lose it for, for Josh chiefs. and myself, for sure. So that'll let's be, a, that'll be, that'd be not to throw in like my own little game of the week, but obviously that, that is a matchup truly on the NFL side that I'm excited to see is the chiefs and the, uh, and the dolphins. The dolphins so anyway, yeah. yeah. And determine who gets a uh, home home playoff advantage in the AFC. So it's going to be interesting for sure. Yes, for sure. So that was another big game of the week on, like I said, I'll claim that one. The honorary by Adam there. The honorary. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Cool. I'm good with that. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you. That's it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, listeners. Uh, I guess I'm going to say that instead of everybody since Adam chimed in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um but we appreciate all the listeners uh please give us your feedback on our socials um and let us know any more content that you would like to hear uh whether it's around a specific sport if you want to play a game uh with us or like predictions and stuff like that not to sound like jigsaw even though halloween's over we won't play a game uh anyways uh we appreciate everybody <laughs> we will catch you next week on the hometown losers for our one-year anniversary you guys have Woo! a great night see ya Hey guys, this is Adam. just want to say thanks for listening to the Hometown Losers Podcast. We'll see you next week as we continue our discussion of St. Louis sports.